Hey guys, and welcome to Q&A session 27 with Ali Pashley. This Q&A session is brought to you by The Trail Study. This trail study by La Trobe University is conducted to explore the impact of running on knee joint health in people with and without a history of knee surgery. Specifically, the study will establish the relationship between running biomechanics, running load and muscle strength, and changes in joint knee health on MRI and knee symptoms over a four-year study period. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm here with, as mentioned before, superstar marathon athlete, Ellie Pashley. How are you, Ellie? Good, thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, so you're part of this trail study, as am I. So can you tell the listeners, uh, so far, what are the key findings of the trail study? Yeah, so I mean, they've still got a lot of data analysis to do, but uh, what they've found so far in their results is that of the runners who've had knee surgery, there's on average about a 10% uh, reduced level of strength on their surgical leg. So, yeah, I guess weakness in the leg that's had surgery. Um, And women of the subjects that they have are reporting worse symptoms than men, despite no difference in running distance or frequency. Um, So, yeah, they're the two main findings they've got so far, and then they're still looking at at all the data sort of to try and come up with more information. Yeah, I thought thought the trail trail study would have been finished based on the amount of information I've been giving them. I thought it would have been (laughs) over quickly, but obviously I have no idea about academia, do I? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I think it, I think it takes a fair while to go through the results, and I think with COVID, because the each participant um, goes through like a full biomechanical gait analysis thing, as well as having MRIs. Yeah, and I think COVID put a bit of a stop to that, so they're still actually um, it's been yeah, taking everyone's data as they yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool when I because I, I obviously am doing the study and I went to La Trobe and did yeah all that sort of performance testing on the knee. Um, did you? How were you though? The sidestep jumping. Were you good at that? Well, I actually haven't haven't oh, done haven't? mine yet. Okay. No, I'm go. one of the people that hasn't been in there. But because, yeah, I um, agreed to do the study, and then I have actually been pregnant, so I couldn't have an MRI okay. for a while, and then I yes. haven't got back to doing it yet. But I'll I'll get that done sometime in the next six months, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned before the the, the participants um, of the trail study so far. Obviously, the, the study is still going, and they are looking for a new uh, intake of participants. Can you tell us a little bit more what they, exactly the trail study are looking for? Yeah, so they they need more female runners at the moment, and uh, female runners who've had knee surgery. So the aim is to get the same number of females and males for their um, data collection and at the moment they need an, at least 30 more women who've had knee surgery who run at least 10 kilometres a week on average or around three times a week. Um, yeah, just just to make sure that they're getting like information that I guess is is relevant for both genders. Like La Trobe University, they do a lot of research into uh, female athletes as well. So they're, they're really trying to make sure that they cover all bases in the study rather than in the past, a lot of sports science research, there's been a much greater number of male participants. So yeah. And as we know, they're different, different bodies, different biomechanics. Um, so they need to try and even it out for this one. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, so there you have it. If you are listening and that is you or sounds like someone you know, um, head to www.trail.latrobe.edu.au to find out more. And we'll put the information, uh, that link and the Instagram page for the trail study on the show notes. So that's it. Let's get into things, Ali. How are you, by the way? We haven't, uh, I don't reckon we've spoken. Have we spoken since being on Road to Nowhere? No, I don't think so. Probably not. The mo- um, yeah, I'm good. That was the perfect example of a professional relationship where we're talking each week. It's like, oh, how are you, Ellie? Everything's good. And then Road to Nowhere stops. I'm like, oh, I'm blocking her number. I'm blocking her on social media. <laughs> yeah, we were best friends back then, spending like two hours a week talking. And then, yeah. How many episodes did we haven't, do? I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> uh, there were quite a few episodes because we did. How many seasons did we do? Three? I think three or, before they got sick of us. Yeah, before they cut us. But um, right. yeah, no, it went for a while. We inside. had a bit of a break and then we came back on and then, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Inside Running Podcast would be kicking themselves for kicking us off because they they kicked us off and then, and then for the kudos started. So it was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, yeah, is there a bit of a is there a bit of a rivalry? Do you think between nah. the two oh, podcasts? Well, I suppose the only rivalry is between Moose and I because we both like taking the piss out of each other. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's a health, healthy rivalry, I'd say. Actually, the one question that I got when I um, shared the thing the other day was. Is Julian angry at you for going on for the kudos? <laughs> and, and is he? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He hasn't spoken to me yet, so we'll see. The funniest thing, um, Ali, like when we've done some of the, the shakeout jogs and stuff where we meet some of our the FTK listeners, we've had like a couple of times uh, people will come up to me and, like, you know, Brett's just standing over there and, and I've had people come up and go, geez, I... I really, really miss miss Road to Nowhere. I miss hearing you, Ali, and Nick talk. And I'm like, Jesus, that's <laughs> like saying you think Brett and I are together are shit. Or <laughs> I suppose it was quite a different that's nice. dynamic. We wasn't still it? have a few fans out there. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, we it was had my about mum and dad. Three fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same three people that wrote questions every week. That was it. <laughs> Um, so for the listeners of For the Kudos that don't know Ellie Pashley, obviously you're a superstar athlete um, in your own right, not just a, not just a podcast star. Um, PB's on the track of 31.18 for the 10,000. You did that at World Champs back in 2019 in Doha, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've run 109.14 for a half marathon, did that at Sunshine Coast in 2019. And yep. your marathon PB is 226.21 from Nagoya 2019 as well. Mm, seems like I haven't done much since 2019, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> also, well, thank you for not reading out my 5K PB. <laughs> I skipped skipped over that. It just says error. It says five thousand meter Hagenau reserve error. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Um, obviously, no. Yeah, you did did a lot of good running in twenty nineteen. However, probably your biggest uh, performance, I would say, in your career. Well, I'm going to ask you this question later, so it'll will be interesting to see if it if you have the same answer as myself, but you finished 23rd in your debut Olympic Games in the marathon last year in Tokyo. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. Good. I'm just trying to trying to fact check this stuff, so I'm not just <laughs> reading out reading out stuff that's wrong because we are uh, we're not known for getting our facts correct at FTK. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Tokyo Marathon last year in August finished twenty third, and can you update the listeners then on sort of what your life has been like since then? Because obviously you've had um, some, yeah, pretty big news in the last in the last year. Um, so, yeah, just if you can give the listeners a little bit of an update on why Ali Pashley went missing. <laughs> why I went off Strava. Yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah, so I did Tokyo, came back, and I actually I started training for Melbourne Marathon. I was going to do... Melbourne in December and then I found out I was pregnant uh I can't remember when maybe in October and so yeah basically then I I kept running for a while into pregnancy but it was there was a big drop off in mileage as soon as I found out I thought I better not run this much anymore and then basically yeah just gradually um reduced my training as as it progressed I actually did one I did do one fun run in there I did the river run in Geelong when I was I think I was about 26 or 27 weeks pregnant I jogged the 10k uh and then yeah since then I had a baby in June and her name's Tiggy so she's now five months old yep she's pretty fun and then yeah I'm just um building back up into running now so I started running again uh, around six weeks after I had her, I started run walking, that was, yeah. jog walking. And then, yeah, I've basically just been gradually building ever since with a couple of little hiccups along the way. But, yeah, get, getting there. What's the, out of curiosity, what is um, the return to run program like? It's like I'm I'm a 28-year-old guy that hasn't given birth before, so I obviously don't know. Yeah. Um, but I've returned from a bunch of stress fractures before. You know that like walk-run program? What's what's yeah. And you've returned from stressies before. What's harder, returning from a stressy or childbirth? Child, <laughs> 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 well, I had a C-section, so it wasn't that hard for me. I didn't actually have to do anything. No, I mean, um, ret- I don't mean what's harder, a stressy <laughs> or childbirth. I mean... What returning from oh, running? Oh, return to run. <laughs> nice one. Um, uh, yeah, different or oh, similar. Actually, there's probably a lot of similarities. Um, the, my return to run program was actually very similar. I made it for myself, so I went and saw a women's health physio and got the all clear to run. And then I decided that I wanted to do my own program just so that I could take it day by day and sort of listen to my body a bit, see how I felt, rather than follow something that was written because once it's written down, I tend to feel like I have to stick to it. Um, And, yeah, so basically I just started with 30-second jog, 30-second walks. I remember on my first one my heart rate got up to like 160 or something in the 30-second jog rep. So it's it's a fairly, like, I guess the time that I spent not running um, is probably similar to if you have a, bad stress fracture but also going into that you're not running that yeah. much so it's essentially like whereas when you have a stress months. fracture you're generally at the at peak fitness oh yeah, you, yeah you're coming off usually running big mileage um and then you have your time off and then you and often you can cross train and stuff while you're injured whereas this is basically like yeah 12 months almost oh no a bit less um yeah. 10 months of not much running. So you're not coming in with a good base basically. And then 
for me, the big thing was because I'd had surgery with the C-section, I, I was really, really weak um, yeah. because you're fairly out of action for the first couple of weeks and then just the surgery itself. So it, it takes a while. The biggest thing I found was just building the strength back. But running actually came back a little more quickly than I expected it to. Like it felt terrible at the start. But a month or so in, I actually felt quite good running again. Um, and I felt like my fitness improved really quite quickly. But I just then you have to be really careful because that was coming back okay. I probably then did a little too much and uh, hurt myself. Okay. I think just, again, not respecting that yeah. weakness that I still had and that that was going to take a lot longer to come back than the running, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'd say probably having a baby, the comeback's a bit harder. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know you wanted me to say stress was... fracture. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> oh, so silly. Um, that Well, that actually answers the, one of the first listener questions. William Fox 31 wrote, is coming back to running after giving birth like you expected or is it easier or harder? And so I suppose you you said yeah. it was probably harder initially and then a month in you thought, oh, this is okay. Isn't that a, da- a danger, right, when you start being, you know, it's just, um, you know, obviously I, I've only come back from injury. I haven't come back from childbirth. But when you have that uh, like a, a month in or something, you think, oh, things are actually ticking ticking along pretty good. And then, yeah, maybe you, you increase things a little too, too uh, drastically. Um, yeah. And then have like it's a such a classic mistake that people isn't make it? isn't it in yeah. coming back from injury coming back from a baby it's pretty yeah it's pretty common you yeah. feel good and then the big thing that I did was I was really diligent with strength stuff at the start because I knew that how weak I was but then once I started feeling good running I was like oh maybe I'm not as weak <laughs> as I thought and then I don't need to do the, that anymore. Isn't that the, the yeah, the, 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 the biggest mistake anyone makes? It's like do all your – and obviously, Ali, I didn't in, introduce this part, but you're a physiotherapist, so you know a lot about this sort of shit and I'm sure you've got a heap of clients that do this where they're injured, every, every injured runner wants to do their exercises and then they start running and they're like, oh, Actually, I haven't felt I haven't felt that Achilles pain for a while. Well, I better I better scrunch up that bit of paper with my exercises and burn it because I'm not doing yeah, them anymore. Exactly. <laughs> and then the Achilles comes back, and it's like, oh shit, I probably should do the exercises again. Yeah, yeah. You, you usually, yeah, it takes something like that to then get you to actually keep doing them long term, doesn't it? For sure, for sure. Um, another thing we forgot to mention, which we were talking about off air, which I thought was crazy. Tiggy, born the 15th of June, was also uh, is born on the same day as Archer, Archer Gregson, Ryan, yep. Ryan and Jen's son. That's that's a pretty big coincidence, I think. Yeah, pretty crazy. So, yeah, we uh, we had those two on the same day, and then Camille Buscombe from New Zealand as well. She had her baby girl Sienna two days later, um, and then. Gemma Maney, who's also like a um, female long-distance runner based down on the peninsula, she had a baby boy I think the day before Jen and I. So, yeah, it was a bit of a baby boom that week in the running community. Imagine in like 20, 20, 20 years or 24 years or something like that, they're all going to the Olympics for running. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd, be <laughs> that'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> Hopefully Tiggy Choose is a better sport than running though. <laughs> <laughs> Something that makes far more money. You... <laughs> yeah, far more money and have you, far more have fun. You, have you bought her golf clubs yet? 
<laughs> Start training now. <laughs> yeah. Didn't ta- Tiger Woods started playing golf when he was about nine months old? Something didn't he? like that. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, Ali, let's get into a bunch of listener questions. We had we had plenty um, sent in, so I've sort of picked the best ones, some serious, some silly. Um, I thought we'd, get, we'd start off with a really serious one here um, just while we're on the topic of returning from uh, childbirth. So from Dill PJ here, he says, returning to running after childbirth can be difficult. In your experience, who would win, one gorilla or seven dingoes? <laughs> I feel like a gorilla would win, wouldn't it? I, I, was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Um, I don't know. First, when I first read it, I thought, what does he mean? Does he mean winning in childbirth? But I think he just means in a fight to the death. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, surely one gorilla would beat seven dingoes. Yeah. yeah. I reckon dingoes are like little kelpies. Yeah, I suppose. Kelpies. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Willful Tuck uh, asks, what is your favourite run route? Oh, my favourite run route. So in Aries where I live, there's a route called the Karawong Falls Loop. I feel like I've talked about this before. On, on the road to nowhere, road to nowhere. I reckon you yeah. said Karawong Falls Loop seven times every episode. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I feel like I talk about it all the time. It's an 11K loop that goes kind of through a little it's in like the Otway National Park but it's sort of quite rainforesty and there's a waterfall which is pretty pathetic to be honest but every now and then it's running when we've had heaps of rain but it's just like a beautiful single trail um yeah so that that I would say is my favorite but it's pretty hilly I think it's got like 360 or 70 meters of climbing over 11k so it's not really an everyday loop it's sort of you don't really want to be doing it on tired legs, so yeah. I save that one for special occasions. I remember that when we were on, yeah, when we were on Road to Nowhere. I was living in Richmond at the time, and so all my runs were flat. And I remember you just talking about pretty much what you were mentioning your elevation and stuff because down on the surf coast there, it's pretty pretty up and down. There's not too many dead flat runs. Yeah, no, nah, it's pretty hard to find. Like, there's one road from my house where you run out and back, and it's pretty flat, but yeah. Almost everywhere else you go is hills, which is is good. But it is good. Yeah, sometimes you do need you do need a bit of flat. Yeah, the Otways are beautiful though. Like that's you know that rainforest running there down by the coast is like some of the most beautiful. I think one, I've said one of my favorite runs I think I've ever done is that um, one from the fall to the Erskine Falls or Erskine Falls. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, lawn. from Lawn. From Lawn, yeah. It's sort of more yeah. of a walk. What's that like 9K uphill? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty basically. beautiful though. It's it's yeah. um, it's unreal. Yeah. There's beautiful trails out the back of Lawn, but they are really hilly, like really steep. Yeah, that's what like what be you in do the right kind of. It's what you do the yeah. mountain to surf right on. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mountain to surf is a good loop too. That's about I think that's just under eight k. Yeah, yeah. Someone asked. Nice. Someone asked. Wood Jay had asked. Um, you know, what is the best surf coast run? And he said, in brackets, I've heard enough about Yarra Flats. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because we have quite a lot of international listeners as well and they must just be like oh geez i'm so sick of hearing about that place <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah i don't know there's there's heaps of pretty good long runs to do on the south coast we usually start in anglesey and go either towards aries or back towards torquay but you can go there's like yeah you can 
basically never run out of trail or yeah. gravel road, whichever direction you go. So we try and mix it up a bit each week, but there's a few favorite loops. Yeah. Um, Willful Tuck also asked, uh, what is your favorite and your least favorite run of the week? So like in a big, let's look at it at a big training week, you know, whether it's you're preparing for a marathon or something like that. What's your, yeah. What's the run you look forward to the most and what's the one that you hate? Yeah. So favorite run is long run Sunday and that's pretty much all year. So whether it's usually in a marathon block, I might be doing like a, some specific work in the long run. So some, marathon pace intervals or progression or something. Um, so that I love, but also just like the easy long runs that we do for the rest of the year, which aren't usually that easy because they're usually over hills trying to keep up with the boys. But, yeah, that's definitely my favourite run. And, and coming back from having a baby, I was like the first time I could go to the long run with the group, I was so excited. I got there like 20 minutes early <laughs> and was <laughs> – which I never do. Yeah. Late. Um, and do I was that just t- like, this is the best. Yeah. Do you remember that time I um, had said, I think I'd said, oh, geez, I'll come out and, and do a run with you one time. And you're like, yeah, you have to. Cause it was when we we're on the, the road to nowhere together. And you're like, yeah, you have to. And then the one time I finally could, my, my mum was having some sort of birthday thing out in the surf coast and we we're all staying there. And it was the one weekend that you were in Melbourne. And so, oh, yeah. do you remember that? I ran Yarra Flats. You ran Yarra Flats <laughs> and I went and did the long run thing, yeah. And Julian, um, yeah, Julian Spence or Moose as we as we call him, um, he just, yeah, took me through the absolute ringer. I was, I, I just remember thinking, shit, this is hard. It was almost harder than Fernie. Yeah, yeah. And Fernie, Fernie's pretty hard and has a lot of climbing, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It is it is hard. And Jules would have been like, yeah, he was trying I'm to yeah. try and bury him. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, this this city slicker that wears Solomon's yeah. on, on the concrete. <laughs> I'll show him. It was pretty, it was yeah. yeah, it was pretty full on, but it's so beautiful out there. It is, yeah, it's cool. And yeah, Jules, whenever we have um, out of town, has come in. He tries to yeah take him <laughs> over big hills and basically run as hard as he can, especially when he's fit because he's actually really good at long runs and he's really good at long runs over hills. So yeah. Yeah, he likes to uh, do that. But, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's one of those things that at the time sometimes it's really hard, but you get really fit from it and, yeah, uh, you get home after and you just feel so good from Yeah, it's definitely one of those fun. Working hard for two-plus hours over the hills. Yeah. So what would you say? And your least favourite run? Yeah. yeah, probably Monday morning. <laughs> probably I'm because I'm so gone from the long run. Because <laughs> you've gone too hard in the one that you're excited about. <laughs> Yeah, I actually looked back on some of my runs. There was a period, um, I think it was like March, April uh, 2021, and we were doing really hard hilly long runs every Sunday. And I looked back at some of my heart rate data from then, and my heart rate was at like averaging threshold. Wow. Or just below threshold for like, yeah, that, which obviously it was going up and down because we were going over hills, but it was pretty crazy how hard some of those runs were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then Monday, yeah, I'm usually pretty just cooked, sore legs and tired. Sorry. And I usually run by myself on Monday morning, and it's just a bit, a bit grim. Yeah. And also Mondays just suck, don't they? Yeah, Monday's just a shit day in general. So, <laughs> and often if you're doing a session on Tuesday too, there's a bit of like, oh god, my legs is trash yeah. from the long run yesterday, and then this is my only easy day, and then I've got a session tomorrow. So it's a bit of a 
yeah, just a negative run all around, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I sort of agree. Yeah, I I would say Monday's the the shittest run. Um, it's interesting what you mentioned there about the threshold, uh, hitting threshold in the long run, because when you train, obviously when you're doing those marathon long runs and you're getting up, what did you say, getting up to like two and a half hours sort of time, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'd be even a bit longer. Even longer, up to like towards three hours. Um, it's yeah. interesting how your body, you, like your heart rate obviously just climbs the more fatigued you get. So you sort of, you'd be sitting at threshold, like after two hours, if you go up a slight incline or whatever, you'd like probably running at threshold compared to if you were to do a threshold session in the middle of the week when you're more fresh, you know, your pace is going to be so much faster. Even I've noticed that. It's just like... Yeah, you you, you get that heart rate drift as you get fatigued. And then especially, yeah, if you're a bit dehydrated or depleted or whatever, yeah. So, I mean, it gets you really fit, but you do have to be a bit careful with that, don't you? For sure. Sort of caning yourself too much. Yeah, for sure. Um, Moving on, an anonymous question here. What surprised you most about getting into coaching? So I should say before this, obviously, you coach with... Uh, well, it's your and Julian Spence, Julian Spence's uh, business, Run Strong. Yep. When did you When did you guys start that? Pulse's enemy. <laughs> um, <laughs> we started that. So Jules, Jules sort of started at first. He was uh, already coaching people, and then I came on board. I reckon it was maybe in 2019. Um, just to, to start coaching some people because he had too many. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we sort of made it um, a company and stuff from there. So, uh, yeah, since 2019, uh, I reckon the biggest surprise for me was how dedicated people are. Like I, I think coming from a physio background where I was very used to, um, you know, giving people a rehab program and trying to get them to stick to doing their exercises and stuff and it, a lot of the time you were just beating your head against yeah. a brick wall. Um, whereas this group of people that come to you for coaching, they're already like, they already have the motivation, I guess. And that's why they're getting a coach and they are just, you know, with everything else they've got going on in life, they're so dedicated to it and they do everything that you prescribe and, you know, to perfection in a lot of cases. So that was, yeah, that was something that really pleasantly surprised me, I guess, compared to my other job as a physio, where I, which was something I found quite frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. They, uh, what, did, what do you, what do you think about that? Um, oh, haven't you listened to Q and a session 13 where Brett and I answered that question? <laughs> oh, <have you> answered? <laughs> also, I have no idea what Q and a session it was on. That would have been fun. <laughs> Imagine you go, no, I actually do. I, I listened to every single one. Um, <laughs> No, it's interesting what you you said there because I find um, I find the yeah you know my the recreational runners that we coach they can almost motivate you because you know you, you're coaching that so their sort of energy where as you said like they're just so motivated to um to to push and you know you're watching their obviously analyzing their training during the week and it sort of makes you you know if you're feeling a bit sort of shit or you've got a bit of low motivation, it's sort of, you can be inspired by them, but they don't re- ever realize that, I don't think, because they're just like, oh, you guys, yeah. you guys are like a professional run as well. But it's like, no, like some of the, the most inspired I can be is going to a race to watch these guys, you know, perform. And it's just like, holy shit, you can get really, because yeah. you know, you're part of their whole journey, right? Yeah. but And particularly like some of them run, some of the people I coach are running, you know, 140 odd Ks a week or even more some, and they're, yeah. 
working, they've got families, like they're doing it at all sorts of hours of the day to fit it in, which is pretty amazing because you know what it's like. Sometimes it feels hard enough fitting running in around (laughs) nothing else. (laughs) 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 Like or big mileage anyway when I had like really, yeah, didn't have anywhere near that amount of stuff going on and these guys are just, yeah, getting it done. I know, it's insane. Every week it's pretty impressive it's insane when you I, I like my my athletes will take the piss out of me because they say obviously i like i wake up i'm having my coffee and my breakfast and i'm getting all the you know blah 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 has uploaded their workout has uploaded their workout and i'm seeing all this stuff and then they're at work and at like 11 30 when mtc finishes the training at the tan <laughs> they they must see like it all gets put onto strava while they're like in business meetings and stuff and they're just like geez yeah. you guys are lucky <laughs> they've been up for like eight hours already <laughs> exactly they're having dinner <laughs> As we're Worked finishing our first day. run. Yeah. <laughs> run, been to the gym. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. I know what you mean. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, people are willing to do that just like month in, month out is it's, pretty yeah, impressive. It's definitely inspiring. Um, we've got a question here. Aussie Dad to three and Maddie Roberts both asked, what is your shoe rotation? Yeah, so at the moment... Um, my favorite training shoe. So because I'm pretty slow at the moment, I like to wear fast shoes for jogging. Yeah. Uh, so I wear the super comp trainer, which is like this big chunky training shoe that has a carbon plate in it. Um, and it's got a big rocker on the front and it's really bouncy and, oh, I just love it. It's like my favorite shoe ever. (laughs) So I try not to wear it every day, but I do wear that a fair bit for my easy runs. And then because as I was building back up into running, I was doing lots of sort of half sessions where I'd do a little pickup or some surges or something rather than do a proper session. So I was wearing them for most of those as well, just because you can wear them for the jogging part too. And then um, other jogging shoes, I wear 1080s trail mores. So because it's been so muddy and wet lately, I've been wearing trail shoes quite a bit on the trails at home just because they're quite uh, slippery. Um, and I've been wearing RC2s for sessions, which is like the marathon shoe, but I actually got a pair last week of the SC3, which is the new racing shoe, which is like a super comp, but a racing version of that. So I wore them last week for the first time for a workout. And then I wore them for, um, my first race back on Sunday. Um, so yeah, they're, they're good. They're really fun. They, they feel, um, I think they're going to be my race shoe of choice over the RC, but I think I'll keep wearing RCs for training and then yeah, maybe save them for races. There you go. You should, um, when this episode comes out, you should just grab that little snippet and then you can send it into inside running to apply for shoe geeks. <laughs> as you as your reference, they can, use, they can use it for their um. They can use it for their New Balance ad too. Yeah. There you go. Um, talking about moose, Chris O'Brien asks, "What distance could you race moose in and win?" Oh, when now? Or? Yeah, it's an interesting one. How, how fit is moose at the moment? He's fitter than me. I reckon. Let's go. But... Let's go when you're both or. Well, when we're both at our fittest, I'm not going to. You're not going to beat him in anything, are you? No. Okay, let's say. I reckon. Yeah, when when you're him now versus me at my fittest. Yep. 
him now versus me at my fittest, I reckon I'd beat him in the marathon and the half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was my But I don't know that I'd beat him in shorter than that. Yeah. Well, you definitely wouldn't beat him in like 100s or 200s or something because I remember how bad you used to say you were at. You had no (laughs) speed. Remember, you'd do sessions like, you know, like um, I think I'm pretty sure I remember you doing some sort of session on the track and you were trying to hit 400s. Um, and you said there was like no real difference between like your max effort for like you had to do one that was like super hard and it was like two seconds quicker than the one that you could like hold all day. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, I can't cut down that much for like say 400 or 600 reps yeah. compared to what I can do a K rep. Yeah, that's it's it not, it's not very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am, I just do not have speed <laughs> and it feels, Yeah. Like it, it's sort of in a race, even in a race, if I'm feeling good at the end, it doesn't matter how good I feel. I'm never going to be able to run like a 60 something second last lap probably in a race. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, I just don't have that ability. Luckily, luckily in the event that you're best at, there is no last laps. Well, yeah, actually that's not luckily. true. Sometimes they come onto the track for the, <laughs> for the last, uh, yeah, for the that's last lap, true. but you're, you're probably not yeah. going to be doing 60 seconds at the end of, uh. kilometers. (laughs) No, definitely not. Um, And yeah, I, I avoid the track at all costs. It's true that you, uh, you ran your, you ran a five kilometer PB in Doha in that 10,000, right? Is that true? Yeah. Was it your first first 5k or second? I've never 5k. I think it was the second 5k. Yeah. Cause we went out quite slow actually in that Doha race. So I think the second 5K was – that would be the fastest 5K I've ever run. <laughs> That's so crazy <laughs> it to was think like 15.30-something, yeah. Insane. And the fastest uh, – in an official race, I've never broken 16 minutes. But in – I think I've done a time trial in 15.50 or 15.40-something. But, yeah, I've never – Still not in the 15.30s. Yeah, it's insane. No. Insane. I don't think there's many many athletes that could say that. I'm not. I'm not sure if it's yeah. something you're proud of, or <laughs> <laughs> definitely not proud of it. I, think it's, I, think I wish cool. I could run a good five k, but yeah, I just suck. I don't know. And again, it's that like to me, running as hard as I can in a five k, the pace ends up being the same as my ten k pace anyway. <laughs> and with no kick, then yeah, it's just, it doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> um. Another anonymous question here. What would you say is the highlight of your career so far? Yeah, I, th- I, I think the Olympics. Um, Boom, I got it right. Like that was, yeah. I think, and the race itself was really cool, but probably the whole experience, which I know was different to what it normally is, but just going away and training for the months leading in like I I really enjoyed that period of three or four months before where basically everything I did was geared towards that race and because of the added complexity with the heat I think that actually almost made the training more fun too because you were we were doing saunas we were doing rugged up runs we were trialing all this you know hydration nutrition stuff which as much as at the time it was sometimes a bit of a pain it was also like a pretty cool experience as a whole, um, just all the different factors that were going to go into it and being able to, yeah, basically remove myself from life for three or four months and just 
do that. Like we're in Queensland, we're away. It was the middle of COVID. So, you know, there was just nothing happening. Otherwise, we were actually quite lucky that we had that, um, you know, we had something going on and that opportunity to go away and really focus on something. And I mean, the race itself was really cool, but obviously there were spectators, but not anywhere near as many as there would normally be. And yeah, the experience in the village and the race hotel and stuff was a little different, but yeah, just as a whole, I think that was, yeah, the highlight of my running, I'd say so far. It was just, just so something that was so different. Mm, I find it so interesting that you say that you mentioned, obviously, uh, you're putting in month after month after month of training, um, to one specific goal. Cause I know there's a lot of athletes out there that would freak out about that. Right. Or not just, not just in running, but you know, in, in high, high performance sport, when you, you know, you're doing four months and five months of training just for one specific thing. You know, if you look yeah. at say someone like, you know, Peter Bowl in the 800, you know, he's doing a whole, a whole bunch of races before, obviously you can't do that with a marathon, but it's just interesting how, I suppose, I suppose it's, it's, it's one of those things where you look at it because you performed so well in Tokyo, you can say that now, but it's like, imagine, you know, if you didn't perform well, you'd be, and I asked you, you know, what was the, the downside? You'd probably say, oh, training for four months for one race and it didn't go to plan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's, there is always that element of uh, stress, I guess, in the back of your mind of, like, God, I am putting so much into this. If this, and I mean, we saw that with Jack, like yeah. he, he was in the same boat putting everything in and then to p- pick up an injury, what, a month yeah. out or whenever it was, like it, it's devastating. And there's in the back of my mind the whole way through that block there was don't get injured, don't yeah. get injured, you know, don't, it's, anything could happen, you could get sick. It's, it doesn't take much to un, unravel it for you, but um. Yeah, it does put a lot of pressure on it. And I actually think Jules, as my coach, felt that too. Like I could tell he was really worried about uh, me getting injured and not getting to the start line. And I could tell it was quite stressful for him, like possibly even more stressful for him than it was for me. I think he felt like some kind of responsibility there to keep me healthy. And, and yeah, it was just purely the long build up, and not even just – the build-up of that four months, but with the added year onto the Olympic yeah. cycle, it was it, it. I think that added to it as well. It was, yeah, years and years of and years of leading into it, and, and then, then here's another year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now another year, and then like, all right, now it's definitely happening. So happening. So this next four or five months or whatever it was before, when we knew that it was going ahead, was just yeah, all geared towards that. And there were no other races really to do in the meantime, so that yeah maybe added to it as well yeah you mentioned uh also sorry i should i was gonna cut you off there and say because you said jules and we've we've got a bunch of you know unique listeners that probably don't know who jules is jules moose and julian spence i think we've said all three names so far they're all the same they're all the same person (laughs) in case people are going oh who's moose but who's jules Um, so yeah, I should, I should mention that. You also said, you said, um, (laughs) um, you said that obviously, yeah, you, you'd done that, um, the, the heat training and all that. Did you spend, I, I actually forget this myself, but, um, how long did you spend like with the like athletics Australia marathon people? So like Jack, Brett, Collis, I know, you know, like Jess Rothwell and stuff and Sinead, how long did you, cause I know you did a separate thing up in like around Noosa with Jules, right? 
Yeah. So um, Jules and Bree and Joris and I, well, Joris had to come and go. He had to work a bit. Um, we went up to Noosa for I think it was about seven weeks earlier, so yeah. maybe in May. So we went to Cairns in May 1st with the team. Yeah. And then I went to Noosa with Jules and Bree and then um, the others went back to Melbourne and then it was when all the borders kept closing. So Sinead was actually going to come up to Noosa and meet me and spend, we were going to spend some time training together and then she got in the car and started driving and the borders all started shutting. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then she went back to Melbourne and then she ended up going with the boys and they sort of made their way up to Queensland and met you, I think, didn't they? They went to Canberra for a bit. Yeah, we, um, we yeah, I then Queensland. We yeah, yeah, and then we were all essentially going to race Gold Coast half as a uh, lead-in race, and then that got cancelled yeah, because we brought COVID up. I think I I brought it up. I brought it into you brought I brought it up it into and Canberra, it and then brought the it Gold into, Coast, and then brought it into Gold Coast. Oh, damn, yeah, that was annoying. You <laughs> it was so annoying. crushed some people's dreams that day. Yeah, what was it like the Wednesday before the race that they cancelled it? It was so. Well, remember, I had oh. I was like so gutted, like when I thought, oh no, and then I, in like the space of like three days, my um my sacrum was hurting so bad oh, and then I got a scan right. and I had a massive stress fracture and then I was like, please get cancelled race, please get cancelled race because if yeah. I can't do it, I don't want anyone to do it. <laughs> and it did. And it did get cancelled. Oh, and then right. I had a lonely, lonely old sad drive home with a seven centimetre hole in my bone all the way home oh, back to Melbourne. Shit. Yeah, that's that, That's not a good time, is it? No. <laughs> not a good time in your life? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, should have stayed in Queensland because then I think Victoria was in lockdown after that for yeah, another few months. Pretty much the moment I got back, I think we went lock. Yeah, lockdown. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we then I then stayed up there basically the whole time. So we went to Cairns from there. So we must have been in Cairns for a month, and then we flew to Japan, and we were only there for eight days or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys had obviously the. Because you guys raced in Sapporo, yeah, is that right? Yeah, so we, yeah, so we actually went to Sapporo first, and then we were in a hotel there, um, just with all the marathoners and race walkers, and then we flew, we went back to the village just before we came home after the boys race. So we were allowed to um, stay and watch the boys race because they were the day after us, That's and then right. we all flew back to Tokyo to the village together. Yeah. Together, yeah. 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 I can understand why so, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a weird time. Yeah. yeah but I, <laughs> well, it's funny because it wasn't like it was, uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to describe. Like it was an amazing experience and it was very interesting and different. Like there were a lot of things that definitely weren't fun about it. But um, yeah, I'll never have an experience like that again. And I did, I really enjoyed the build up. I enjoyed the camping Noosa and I it really enjoyed the camping cans and getting to, yeah, just. Yeah, experience all of that because I hadn't really done that before. Um, and I think with... So, yeah, it's pretty amazing how you, when it's the Olympics too, there's like this whole new level of um, rider, like they, Athletics Australia really throw everything at it. So we had everything we needed mm. in Cairns. We had, you know, all our meals. There was physios, massage, sports doctors, everyone was there, um, anything you needed. Like we had access to all these different types of gyms, saunas, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, 
well, to finish, you know, 23rd in your in your debut Olympics in a marathon field that deep, uh, luckily it all paid off. Otherwise, otherwise maybe AA would be sending you the invoices. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I wouldn't want to know what, what that would have cost. Oh, well, it's worth it for, for, for that. Um, yeah, that I, I think the heat stuff, like it was one of those races where if you hadn't um, done the heat prep, like we were as well prepared for the heat as we could have been. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it was, it could have definitely ended in a DNF from a heat perspective if you weren't prepared for that yeah i remember when we were doing the um the road to nowhere obviously you're doing all this heat training because everyone was like oh it's going to be really hot it's going to be really hot and then i remember like a week out it was maybe a week out or two weeks out you know those obviously we were doing the podcast with nick l and he would always say oh you can't look at the forecasts unless it's three days before um (laughs) but i remember there was something like you guys thought it wasn't going to be hot at all i remember there was or like what sorry it was Mm. it was like it looked like it was going to be like um, cooler than what you expected, but then, yeah. Yeah. So originally, yeah, originally it was in Tokyo and then they moved it to Sapporo and then the Sapporo average temperatures, it was very variable, Yeah. but some years on that day, it had only been like 22 degrees maybe. Mm. And then some years it had been 27, 28. Um, so we were essentially preparing for worst case scenario of 27, 28. And then the, the year that we did it, um, they had a heat wave and it was, thir- I think it was 35 or 36 So and humid. So it was so actually cold. so lucky that we didn't yeah. look at those temperatures and go, oh, it's warm, but it's not that bad. Like we really did, every single one of us in the team really prepared. This. went hard on the heat stuff and luckily we did because it, yeah. <laughs> it was so brutal. Like you can't even, you know that, Asian summer heat. It's, oh, it's yeah. insane. You can't. It's full on. Yeah, you can't. You actually can't train for it in Australia, or you certainly can't no. in Victoria. That's why you guys were doing stuff like in heat chambers mm. and you were doing. And even in Cairns, yeah, it still like the get temperature that hot. was high 20s, 30, but it was it felt completely different. So yeah. when we first got to Sapporo, there might have been a few days that were similar temperature to Cairns, but it was felt so much worse. Like I remember doing workouts when we I must have had one more workout to do when we got there and I said to Jules this is like 10 seconds slower than cans per k at least with how it felt um just I think with the humidity and yeah but anyway we survived it was yeah survived it wouldn't change a thing and it's your greatest moment (laughs) of your career so far I keep saying because who knows what's... So high, yeah. you know, 23rd, like I, w- I was happy enough with the result. I wasn't, I, to be honest, I wasn't like over the moon with that. I would have liked to have finished a little higher. But, um, yeah, I think the experience as a whole was pretty, yeah, a big highlight. Pretty cool, yeah. Um, Supreezy92 asks, how long does Ellie think it would take to get back to her best? Yeah, that's a good question. I have no idea. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? I think, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to know. I think it will take at least 12 months and probably longer. I think what we've seen in history with um, women coming back, there are some people that come back insanely well and do really amazing things like in the first six months, like Sonia O'Sullivan. If you look at some of her runs after she had kids, it's just phenomenal. Mm. Um even some of the American marathoners, what they've done. But I think, yeah, 
I think to do it properly, it's going to take, for me anyway, it takes me a long time to get fit too. And I think for the marathon, you need a little bit longer because you need that big mileage base under your belt for a certain period of time. So I reckon it's going to take at least 12 months. So are you, um, you're obviously not looking at, like what? what is next for you race-wise? Well, you obviously yeah, just I'm raced sure. the Geelong 10 on the weekend just gone. That was your yeah. first first race back. That since. was my I wanted to do that to see yeah where I was at. So um where I'm at is not very fit still. Yeah. Um but that was good. I needed I needed that. And then yeah, now like I'm hoping now I can sort of start building my mileage up a bit. I've been pretty cautious coming back. I hurt my back after a couple of months of running and I had to have a bit of time off. And then, yeah, now I sort of feel like I'm, my body's ready to handle a bit more. So I want to start building over the next few months and then try and start racing more seriously at the start of next year. So um, I would actually like to have a crack at maybe the cross country trials. To, yeah, like cool. if I, I'm, I'm not going to be, I know that I'm not going to be at my fittest yeah. or probably even anywhere near contention for that by then but even to just I think I need something like that to aim for yeah yeah exactly like just rate like race myself fit you might surprise Um, yourself too I'll probably do some local fun runs in the meantime just to try and get used to that because race the level of intensity in racing is a whole other level to training like um and I need to get back into the swing of doing that um and then marathon wise I'm not sure like I I love the idea of doing a marathon in March, April next year, but I just I don't know if I have enough time to get marathon fit. It's also then. really hard and to talk about it now because you just have to take it month by month, yeah. And it's like come come say Jan Feb, you might be flying. You very well could be. You just it's well, really hard that'd to be, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm yeah, full of positivity. Well, it, it, here. You don't that is you're tr- you're right though. Like I'm you always don't right. know because it's all unknown. I've no That's I've never I mean. done this before and everybody's so different. Yeah. Um, that yeah, you don't know how long it's going to take. Um, I think you're definitely so, saying you're yeah. definitely being being you're, you're approaching it smart. Like oh, you mentioned, Sonia o, O'Sullivan's those American those American girls that have done it. Um, and it's not like you're it'd be it'd be worrying if you were sort of saying, oh well, they did it, so I can. And it's like, well, you just don't. Yeah. You just, well, Sonia <laughs> Sonia's an athlete of a different level to me as well, so I'm not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Comparing myself to her, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, and and I'm not. I am definitely someone. It takes me. I don't just get fit really quickly coming off injury or coming off a break. So I'm. Get, I know that I'm going to need a bit more time. But I also think I. I do think I need to start um, putting some bigger races sort of out there in front of me to drive me to mm. um, train at that. Higher level because at the moment what I've done in the last few months it's been quite you know it's quite easy ticking off eighty to ninety k's a week um, you know it's very manageable from a time perspective and load perspective but when to get into those big bigger weeks you know where I'm doubling every day and trying to do everything I know that 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 takes a higher level of motivation so I think I need some races yeah for that yeah for sure um, yeah it would be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I, and also, I, like, it, t- it takes a bit of time to get into the swing of things with a baby too with getting just used to that lifestyle and sleeping and managing all of that, I guess, as well. But I feel like now I'm at the point where, Tiggy, yeah, Tiggy's five that's... months old. I thought that means that means she's <laughs> cooking, cleaning, tidying up after herself. 
Yeah, she can look after herself. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. And Mum's going off for a double run. <laughs> um, can you can you have the beef stroganoff finished by seven pm? Thanks, Tiggy. Cheers. <laughs> Joe did tell me before I even uh, broached it with him that. No, you cannot put the baby to sleep and then take the baby monitor and run <laughs> loops around the block. <laughs> he was like, Very wise, Joe. Just I think I said to him one day, How far do you reckon the oh, baby monitor? And he's just going, No. Ranges. And he was like, No, you cannot put her to sleep and go for a run. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's how an athlete's like, brain okay. thinks, right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, Ali, thank you. Um, we have a couple more silly questions to close out. One from fellow MTC athlete here, uh, Camille Buscom asks, when are Sienna and Tiggy going to hang out? <laughs> well, in January at Camille's wedding in New Zealand. So we're going to head over there. So they'll be able to meet the future best friends two days apart. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Will Archer be going as well? I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. You'd think. You'd think. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Camille and Jen are pretty yeah. close. I would. Yeah, they're good friends. Well, we might have to find this out, and if they're not invited, we might have to cut this whole, <laughs> cut this whole part. Cut that, Brady. <laughs> Brady. Brady is no longer working for us uh, at FTK. We have someone called Duff, so it's cut that Duff. But the, the joke definitely um, is still carried over. <laughs> Two last questions. Patrick M. Carter, have you missed being on a podcast with Joel? Patrick M. Carter was our um, best He was number one fan, question, wasn't he? Asker, yeah, for Road to Nowhere. Nice to see you again, Patrick. Um, stop, stop delaying the answer, Ellie. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, how are uh, you, Patrick? <laughs> oh, Patrick, actually, I've got a funny story about Patrick. No, you don't. Ask me. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. Uh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like I've got a like I'm holding holding a gun to the zoom camera. Like <laughs> Well, the next quit thanks Ali. Thanks for that real honest. It hasn't it doesn't go as rogue without uh, Nick Earl though, I must say. Well that was the next question. Fred You've stuck to the topics a bit more. That's true. Fred fifteen says, Have you missed being on a podcast with Nick? Yeah, Nick was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get Duff to uh, Change, change that to yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He's gonna take a little snippet of you saying yes at some point, and then edit that in. What if he, he could probably do that? That's great. Well, Ali, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Um, I think yeah, a lot of people get uh, get a lot out of these, you know, question answers, finding stuff about you that they wouldn't have. Um, and yeah, even just touching on what you've what you did last year at the Olympics. You know, now a new mum and. Um, yeah, what you've got, what you've got coming up. I'm sure everyone will be behind you in support, and hopefully see you out there on in January for the World Cross Trials. That'd be really cool. I'm hoping to get fit then. We'll probably be at the same level of fitness about we'll that. We'll be there too. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I've got a better excuse. Oh, you've had a few injuries, I guess. They uh, probably think... equate to a baby. <laughs> If it, One stressy doesn't. If, yeah, <laughs> two times COVID, two stressies, bacterial infection. Yeah, that all adds up to a baby. All right, we're on the same playing field. Yeah. I reckon three three stressies equals a baby. <laughs> three stressies. <laughs> you got 
<laughs> you know what I should do? Uh, we should when we sometimes for the um like the promo of these episodes that come out, we put out a quote from the you know, and we put it on the Instagram, and I'll just say it'll just be three stresses equals a baby, Ali Pashley. <laughs> you should do a poll of um how many stress fractures equals a baby. Equals <laughs> having a baby. Oh shit, that's good. Well, thank you again so much. I played Ali. that card with Jules last week actually because he. Um, got out of run Geelong by saying he had a tummy bug. Like, oh, I saw Tum Tum the week before. Oh. Yeah, saw t- exactly. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, mate. I had a baby and COVID last week. You'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mo- Moose has always been a big wars, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. Thanks again, Ali. And also thank you again to the Latrobe Trail Study. Um, so, yeah, once again, just revisiting that. Trail are looking for at least 30 women who run at least 10 kilometers a week or three times a week with a history of knee surgery to participate in their study. So if that sounds like you or someone you know, head to trail.latrobe.edu.au. Thanks a lot, yeah, Ali. And they'll get like they'll get all their um, gait analyzed, their knees MRI'd, so they'll get lots of good information that they can use for their running going forwards too. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why I, doing. I participated in the study to get all that sort of stuff. See yourself on video running. <laughs> you know me well. Any any <laughs> chance to see myself on the big screen? <laughs> Was that is that uh, Tiggy in the background banging banging toys, or is that Joe's cooking dinner? No, nah, that's Joe's. Yeah. Okay. The big baby. <laughs> 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 oh, Ali, well, thank you again so much for that. Uh, really appreciate it. No worries, Joel. I'll see you soon.